I trust in the Lord, my soul trusts in his word. So the words of the antiphon of the, uh, before the gospel, I trust in the Lord, I trust in his word. Today we celebrate not only the Tuesday of the 13th week in ordinary time, because that's the readings that we chose, we didn't choose, they are given for us today, but also we celebrate the birth of our nation, the Independence Day, and as well as we honor St. Elizabeth of, of Hungary, of Portugal, I should say. Uh, there's, there's two things that we wish to share with you today. One is the, the words from the readings itself. What do we have here? We have a story of the Sodom and Gomorrah. We know that the town, those two towns especially, were known for their wickedness, their sinfulness, immorality. And it is God who reveals to Abraham that these cities for their, for their, for their evil, for their immorality, they will be destroyed. And as we remember that it is Abraham who bargains with the Lord. Lord, if there are 50 people who are just righteous, will you destroy the, those cities? No. If it's 40 and 30 and 20, no. Then the Abraham says, as you remember, what about 10? If there's only 10 righteous people, I will not destroy those two cities. There's a powerful teaching here on God's justice and God's mercy. God, yes, the cities are filled with evil, and yet God would protect the city, would save the city if there were 10 righteous people, people, men and women of faith, men and women of prayer. He will save them. But as we know that there are not even 10, and so the Lord, in his out of his love and mercy, he saves the, those individuals, no longer 10, because for the sake of 10, the cities will be saved. But since there's not even 10, only individuals who are righteous will be saved. So we have, we have a teaching here that, that is extremely powerful, how important it is for us even if there's 10 for a city or 20 or 30 who are righteous, so that the cities will be saved, not the individuals, but the cities. Because sometimes we think of, of, you know, of those individuals. No, the individuals will be saved on account of their living life of faith. They will be protected. God will protect them. God will save them because they have, found, they have placed their trust in him. They have placed the trust in his word, as the, as the gospel antiphon speaks, to placing our trust in God, following his ways. Here we have, since there's no ten who are, who are righteous, who are faithful, the Lord saves those who are. And so he takes the family of Lot, who is a nephew of, of Abraham. And so it is God who sends angels to save them, to pull them out, to take them away. 
But as we know that the evil of the cities is so manifested that those who came to him, those two angelic figures who came to save Lot and his family, they're be being a target for not only uh, you know, these two guests of, of Lot, there's no respect for hospitality on one level, but on the other hand, he's trying to protect them from being sexually abused. We speak of that in a, in a, in a homosexual dimension as the, as, as, as the scripture speaks to us, protecting them. Lot's family, he has two daughters, two sons-in-law. They don't have children yet. And so the sons-in-law do not want to go. So Lot takes his wife and takes two of his children. And it is the, the, the angelic figures who have to say, who said, yes, you have to go. Lot is delaying, and they literally take him by their hands to lead him out. The angels say, run for the hills. Lot is afraid that he, they won't make it to the hills they're far. He says, what about the next town nearby? Because I don't think we'll make it to the hills. And the, again, is God's sort of merciful love. He says, okay, the city near, nearby where you can make it to, throughout the night, go through the night. And so again, the Lord acquiesced to human wishes, in this case, Lot. But we also know the, not only are they protected, but we have a, Lot's wife. And there's a very symbolic meaning to Lot's wife. The Lord says, don't turn back, don't look back. Don't look back to what was there. Just you go, go forward. Don't look back into, into the evil that's there. Don't look back into the destruction that will take place. And yet, and yet Lot's wife is, is curious, whatever it is. She wants to see what's going on. And there's a, there's a kind of command, or, or I should say the, the command that we should not look at evil being done. We should not look at destruction being done because it poisons us, destroys us. And so she died on account of turning back, wishing to, to see what's going on. Again, the curiosity towards evil just, which does not lead to, to us to any good, but it actually leads again to destruction. So we have this teaching here, God who protects, protects those who are righteous. Thus it came to pass when God destroyed cities of plain, he was mindful of Abraham by sending Lot away from the upheaval by which God overthrew the cities where Lot has been living. The second aspect of today's reading is from the Gospel of St. Matthew. We see Jesus in the boat, storm comes, his disciples are with him, uh, waves are just way too much, water sinking right into the boat, we're perishing. And they wake up, Jesus was asleep, and he says to them, why are you terrified, old men of little faith, of people of you of little faith? He rebuked the winds and the sea, and there, were great, there was a great calm. It is interesting that how the Lord allows his disciples to grow in faith and the knowledge of him. 
he first they have to experience and then they have to be rescued. As you know, subsequently Peter, as you know also, uh, he gets out of the boat who sees Jesus walking on the, on the, on the water. His first is the fright, the fear, maybe a good motivating factor to call out to God, you know, uh, and then and we see the rescue. Sometimes we say that we don't call the Lord when everything seems to be okay. It's only when we are in trouble, when we're facing difficulties. But it's at that moment, the Lord doesn't say, you should have called me earlier. But God does respond to us when we're crying out to him. The Lord hears the cry of the poor. The Lord hears the cry of those who are broken. And he still says, so God does not kind of call us, you know, and say, okay, you know, I gave you many chances. You should have been closer to me. You should have called upon me even, and you have trusted me. The Lord knows us because he knows our human nature, and now we are. But then he comes and rescues us. Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. We hear the, Jesus himself asking the Father for, for mercy upon us upon those who were crucifying him, destroying him. What are the lessons today from our readings for the 4th of July? As you know, 4th of July may appear during the different weeks, you know, so, so it's not the same readings, you know. Next year's readings will be different from today and the 4th of July. What, what is so special about how God chooses these readings for us for a particular 4th of July? First of all, we have to know one thing, is that the freedom that we have acquired by struggle, and we're going back to 247 years ago. In three years, we'll be celebrating 250th anniversary. The freedom that we have acquired is by struggle. We wish to be free. We hold these truths to be self-evident that all men are created equal, that they are endowed by their creator with certain inalienable, inalienable rights, that among these are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. When our forefathers, foremothers, when they were trying to gain independence, they spoke of the reason why we gave the reason why. Part of our declaration of independence, we have so clear, we hold these truths to be self-evident. We, we don't have to search for some philosophy to give us the proof that there are certain inalienable rights which we have and that human dignity. All men are created equal and they are endowed by their creator with certain inalienable rights life, liberty, freedom, and the pursue, pursuit of that which by nature we desire. It was Aristotle who said that by nature we seek to be happy. By nature we seek happiness. That's how God instilled us, instilled within us, seeking happiness, desire to be free, desire to protect human life and his dignity. Okay, we have, we have these beautiful words written in our Declaration of Independence. We are to live this path 
by which we have acquired this freedom, but we are to protect it. To protect the freedom is to protect the inalienable rights of each person, and that is true. But as we know, human life cannot be a decision of a doctor or a mother, cannot be a decision of a government, cannot be a decision. It's a, it's a gift of God, we know. So when we transgress these, these gifts, especially like human life, there are consequences. That's part of our evil, part of our evil nature. We, we cooperate with evil when we transgress against uh, the dignity of human life in any form, because life is given to us by God, we know, and we can't. There's no government can make decisions, no demo democratic decision can be made. Yes, it can be, but not without consequences, since against human life are, are something that, that can pursue us and can destroy us because we stop protecting that which is the most important gift that God has given to us because we didn't choose to consider life to be important. No, it is gift. it's a gift of God. Secondly, with freedom. But once again, St. Paul would say, we're free, but free to do good. We're not free to do evil. We know that. We can't rob. We may say, I'm free to do whatever. No, we can't do it. We can't rob. We can't drive 170 miles an hour on the highway or 120 because we'll cause harm. We're not free. Freedom is to choose to, to do good. That's what freedom is. Freedom is to do good, to protect human life, to protect human dignity. Freedom to take care of one another. Freedom to take care of the poor. And as we know, that whatever you have done to the least of my brothers, you have done to me, which means freedom has to be rooted in God's revelation as well, God's commandments, because that's what protects freedom. God is freedom. God is free. To those who follow the Lord, the closer we are to come to God, the freer we are, because God is true free. But freedom in a sense of freedom to do good, to do something which helps. Which, and so therefore, once again, if we uphold freedom to do whatever we wish, to do whatever our disordered emotions, our disordered wishes uh, dictate, then we will destroy ourselves. There will be no freedom. And so therefore, we have to be careful about what we do. Yes, the people in Sodom and Gomorrah were free. They could have you know, gone after guests, but that's not the freedom. That's a license to destroy. So therefore, we see that pursuit of happiness. You know, as I mentioned, Aristotle already spoke that human nature by nature we seek happiness. But once again, happiness according to what God has given to us through his revelation. Happiness means ultimate happiness. It's, it's growing through the virtues that seek true happiness, happiness that come from, from, uh, from saying yes to God, because ultimately God gives us the true happiness for all eternity. Happiness, pursuing of happiness is pursuing the virtues that will lead us to true happiness, not just any, not just the fulfilling of our own, you know, disordered wishes, desires, because we know what, what ends there. 
but it's the type of happiness that, that parents wish for their children. They want true happiness for their children, not just because the children want whatever, but the true happiness, because they love them. Love gives us the criteria by which happiness is. In 2008, the um, Catholic Church, I know 2009, I actually should, I should say, uh, the, uh, the beginning when religious freedom was being threatened, the, the church, through our bishops, initiated a type of prayer, prayer for protection of religious liberty. And we were to pray this prayer for two weeks. And, um, and then at the end, it was a beautiful prayer for protection of, of religious liberty. We as a community did not stop praying this prayer. And we've been praying this prayer for since 2009, since the, uh, the two weeks before the, the, uh, the July 4th. And there's a beautiful prayer that we pray. And you know, this is in our own way, praying for our country, because praying for religious liberty is praying for the, for, the, for the ideals of who we are, that which will protect the country. So we, we pray this prayer, O oh God, our creator, from, our, from your provident hand, we have received our right to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. It quotes the words from, the, from our uh, Declaration of Independence. You have called us as your people and given us the right and duty to worship you, the only true God and your son, Jesus Christ. So first of all, we have the freedom, the right, and also the duty, responsibility to worship you. Our only true God, there's no other, and your son, Jesus Christ. And through the power and working of your Holy Spirit, you call us to live out our faith in the midst of the world. So it is by, by the gift of faith, by the gift of love of God, and by the movement of the Spirit, you call us to live out our faith in the midst of the world. You have chosen us to be your witnesses, bringing the light and the, and the saving truth of the gospel to every corner of society. Not only are we are to live this faith, but we're also to be promoters, promoters of faith, proclaimers of the gospel, proclaimers of of, of, of God's gifts to humanity. Bring the light and the saving truth of the gospel. Light and the truth. We ask you to bless us in our vigilance for the gift of religious liberty. Give us the strength of mind and heart to readily defend our freedoms when they are threatened. Give us courage in making our voices heard on behalf of the rights of your church and the freedom of conscience of all people of faith. And we know that lately the Supreme Court made some decisions on behalf of freedom, freedom of faith, religious freedom, freedom of conscience, freedom of, of, of expression, but also ultimately the freedom that God grants us. Now we ask you for this gift of vigilance. We, would give you, we ask you for the gift of strength of mind and heart to readily defend our freedoms. We ask you for the gift of courage in making our voices heard on behalf of the rights of your church and, give the free, and, and also for the freedom of conscience. We have to ask for courage. Now grant, we pray, O Heavenly Father, a clear and united voice to all your sons and daughters gathered in your church in this decisive hour in the history of our nation. And so this is a special time for us. 
that we may be able to overcome danger for the sake of those who come after us, for all our children. Once again, I know that we have to respect the freedom of those who are in any way uh, discouraged. We have to, for those who in any way uh, maybe are suffering on account of the lack of freedom they have, but we have to fight. But, but you see, but Christian principle is we have to take care of the broken, the poor. We have to take care of those who are needy, those who are suffering. We have to take care of all of them. That is, that is what it is. That's why sometimes we're accused that we may be intolerant. No, we're not. When those who follow the faith cannot be men and women who hate. Those who follow faith cannot be men and women who, who disregard the freedom of others. Those who follow the faith and really love the Lord are taking care of anyone and everyone. This is why Christians were always known to set up hospitals, hospices, every form of ways of taking care. Christians were also the ones who were defending the freedom of others. You know, so that's why sometimes, you know, yes, we are to fight for religious freedom because it is the, it is the freedom to, to follow the Lord who tells us what to do, what to do, and how to be men and women who care, who love. And that's, that's the difference. And that's why sometimes, you know, when we, as we are told that we're this intolerant, well, if Christians are intolerant, that means if, if, they, if they have any, any forms of, of this type of intolerance, which actually is destructive intolerance, then they're not Christians. Because our love cannot allow us to, to hurt and wound and, and, and hurt someone else. So may we then today, as we continue with this sacred liturgy on this 4th of July, that we may rejoice, first of all, in the gift of life that God has given to us, in the gift of faith, in the gift of Eucharist, in the gift of, his, of the knowledge of God and his ways of commandments, that we may be grateful to God for the gift of our families, that we may be, give, may be grateful for the, God, for the gift of our nation, for the freedoms that we enjoy, that we may be grateful for those who fought and died for our freedoms, that we maybe also have the courage and strength to live out our faith in a way that will say, yes, God, you are the giver of freedom. You are the giver of life. You're the giver of the gifts our human nature desires, wishes, and that we may do so in ways according to your ways. So through this Eucharist, may we be empowered each day more and more so that we may be able to live out our faith, protect human dignity, prepare ourselves and others for the true pursuit of happiness, which is the eternal life. And God will grant us as he gave through his son. He gave himself on our behalf. He offered his life so that we may have life and joy for all eternity as we live with him in paradise. Are you a Marian helper? Join our Spiritual Benefit Society and start sharing in the graces of all the daily masses, prayers, and good works of Marian priests and brothers all over the world. Sign up is free and easy. Simply visit micprayers.org. That's micprayers.org. 
Thank you, and God bless you. Please follow or subscribe to this podcast to receive the latest episodes and updates. If you have been blessed by this podcast, I invite you to leave a review. Reviews greatly improve our podcast ranking and will help spread this podcast to other people throughout the world. Are you enjoying this podcast? I invite you to listen to more shows brought to you by the Marian Fathers of the Immaculate Conception. Join us daily for enriching spiritual content, which will help you on your journey with Jesus Christ. Simply visit DivineMercyPlus.org for a complete list of our shows. That's DivineMercyPlus.org. Are you a Marian Helper? Join our Spiritual Benefit Society and start sharing in the graces of all the daily Masses, prayers, and good works of Marian priests and brothers all over the world. Sign up is free and easy. Simply visit micprayers.org. That's micprayers.org. Thank you, and God bless you.